0: Welcome back to Glenwell Mamas. I am Kara, your host, and we are on our first official episode. So today, we are going to talk to Katerina Barada about stress. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Pumped that I found you. Um,
1: yeah, I'm excited too.
0: Yeah, I have just started a company working um, Blendwell Collective, which is um, a company focused on creating sustainable baby products. I and love it. Also creating a community for moms to um, care for themselves with, yes. yeah, with the premise that it's all cyclic and the more we care for ourselves, the more we're able to give. And yeah, yeah. So I'm you know, of course, moms are on the top of the list when you think of stress and wearing many hats. And I want to provide them with as many resources as possible to figure out what modalities and techniques and strategies work for them. Um, Because I really think that there are so many routes you can go until you Mm -hmm. find something that just works for you. Mm-hmm. So finding you, I was so excited. You you wear many hats, also. I do.
1: Yeah,
0: I do yeah. wear many hats. It's always
1: so, so awesome. hard to say what I do, right. right? I've been trying to distill it as much as possible.
0: I know you're like integrative, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself,
1: I would love to. Yeah. Um, what I think that would answer this question the best is telling you about how I got to where I am now. Um, So, uh, let me just take a second to to arrive, if you don't mind. (laughs) It'll flow better if I do that. Hmm. Okay, so as I told you a moment ago, I was raised in New York City And um, my parents divorced when I was fairly young, around when I was nine. I think that's when they officially separated. I don't know when the official divorce happened. Um, But in any case, it wasn't the, I had an incredibly loving home and that made me feel like I didn't have a right to my emotions because everything was really loving and really Mm -hmm. lovely but there was a lot of turbulence underneath the surface that I wasn't able to look at um, because I didn't feel like I had a right to it because so many people had it worse than I did. And I was aware of that. So this all ended up building pressure inside of me. And then being in New York city, you're surrounded literally by movie stars and supermodels. And I, am not that. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, I, mean, I probably could have been a character actress pretty well, right? But I'm not like the, the stereotypical image of what beauty is sold as in America. Um, and meanwhile, there are people who like most in most parts of the world, you don't see these people running around on a regular basis, but they are everywhere in downtown Manhattan in the 90s. So I, I saw this and I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to be to be loved because I had all of this pressure and stress that I was trying to find an outlet for. So it wasn't, it, it, it never is what we think it is. It's never, it's never what we, our mind tells us it is, but that's what my mind went to is okay. As with many women and girls. Okay. So I need to look this certain way in order to be accepted and loved. And that's, what's going to get me to feel good. That's what's going to relieve this stress that I'm feeling that I didn't even know was stress this anxiety that I'm feeling that I didn't even know was anxiety I had no names for it I just thought okay well I need to go on diets and um, do workouts and that's going to fix all these problems for me so I tried that and people were like oh you lost so much weight did you do that naturally I'm like yes of course I didn't do anything I didn't I didn't do anything yeah it's just happening you know development uh, not true. <laughs> I was working very, very hard, obsessing over how can I get myself to fit into this mold that I thought would get me to be happy. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. Yeah. I was still, <laughs> even, even when I got to the point where I wanted to be, um, I was so scared of losing that, that I was still obsessed. I was still stuck in this cycle of being obsessed with food, being obsessed with appearance, being obsessed with how can I be better? Why am I not good enough? Um, so, uh, Grace had it that, that, a, a boyfriend of a friend told me you are too skinny. And I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, Oh, that, that won't make me attractive. And I mean, I really, if you believe in God, he was sent from that message was sent from God because it probably saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, then I was like, okay, well, that's not working. This isn't working. So if I'm not attractive as, as skinny, then that's not working. So I started allowing myself to eat again and allowing myself to just be you know, normal um, and, and not try to control my appearance so much. And it was hard. I did not feel, I didn't feel good yet, but I knew that it, what I was doing before wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to find something new. So I, I experimented with trying a new thing that was very uncomfortable. And eventually, I got to the place where my body was no longer an issue for me. Um, At the same time, I also started practicing yoga. And I noticed that the messages that they were saying in the yoga class, actually, they apply to life. Like, this isn't just like a workout that you're doing on the mat. Oh, wait, like staying with the discomfort or um, just being in the present moment or like these little messages, I don't, they, there were so many little tiny little messages that would then seep into my conscious awareness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And so then I was like, okay, there's something here. Like this, the, the, and I don't know what else, what else, but there's something here. So I kept on yoga ended up for a long time. It turned into my church. It was mm-hmm. my religion. It It was what I did to stay stable in all the turbulence that was around me and i kept on doing self-destructive things i mean throughout college what is college kind of is a (laughs) self-destructive playground right (laughs) you go and experiment with all sorts of things and and after college still trying to figure figure it out you know trying to figure it out but um yoga really was that stabling force and i in 2008 ended up doing yoga teacher training because i was like okay this is like this there's something here and that was one of the most pivotal moments of my life. Um, if you are drawn to this, I highly recommend getting yoga teacher training because it it deepens your awareness to a point that you can't normally get in classes. Yeah. Um, uh, some teachers, some teachers are able to convey that, but more often than not, it's really a journey that you need to go into yourself to find and um, really immersing yourself in something like a yoga teacher training or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I've really heard, I've heard very, very different um, stories and kind of outcomes from people mm. who've done kind of on-the-fly yoga certification versus somebody who's gone to Krapalu and immersed themselves for you know a month. And yes. the the outcomes of those teachers as well as the personal experiences are dramatically different. Um yes. what I've found or heard.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if if you are drawn to it. And um, you will be drawn to whatever is the right thing for you. But if there's an inkling in whoever's listening to this to try to do that, and they're in a place in their life where they can, I can't recommend it highly enough. I did a a month-long thing just like you said, and it it was amazing. Uh, Ama, the the hugging saint, came to New. It was in New York. Um, She came to New York, and I got to experience this like all these crazy hippie people, <laughs> what is this? Um, but it was, the, it was just an introduction. It was planting seeds in my, in my awareness that, I, that later were growing. And I didn't even know this at the time, right? It's all, it's all in hindsight that I see this. Um, but yeah, also I got to meet a woman named Maya Tuwari, Mother Maya. She has a school in North Carolina for Ayurvedic medicine. And for anybody who doesn't know what Ayurveda is, it's the Indian science of life. So it's basically how can you structure your lifestyle and diet in order to live in harmony with nature and therefore your true spirit. And, and basically, um, then in, in terms of what I do now, how do you live so that you don't feel so much stress? Because stress ultimately is a resistance to life. Um, anytime you resist what's happening anytime you try to control anytime you try to you think that things should be a certain way your mind comes up with stories you're resisting the flow that mm-hmm. is just always happening yeah. and that can lead to physical and emotional issues that then arise so okay I'm still going
0: <laughs> so I did, yoga, <laughs> I did
1: yoga teacher training right afterwards I thought that I was supposed to go to grad school my my parents well especially my mother my dad not so much. My mother was like, you need to go to grad school. You need, that's something that you need to do. So I'm like, okay, I need to go to grad school. So, and I thought my mom's really into psychology. She's an oral historian. She likes to sit with people's stories. Um, My father's an artist. So I was like, okay, I will be an art therapist. That is my path. And actually all through college, I thought that eventually I would do that. The first day at orientation, this is about a month after my yoga teacher training. I'm there and I'm like, this is wrong. Like we hadn't even sat down in class yet. We were eating, we were eating falafel and like getting to know each other. And I'm like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Like all these people are excited to be here. I'm not excited to be here. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I go to my mother in tears. She meets me in union square. I'm crying. And she's like, you know, you don't have to do this. I'm
0: like, no, I
1: said, I would do this. I have to do this. That ended up being a crucible of incredible transformation for me because here I was forcing myself to do something that I knew inside of me, something knew that it wasn't the path that my mind was like, no, 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 this is it. This is it. This is what you have to do. This is what you said you would do. Um, and eventually my intuition won out. So I, I'm blessed and cursed to be a very sensitive person And I think a lot of women feel that their sensitivity is a curse Mm -hmm. and actually it is your greatest gift Mm -hmm. because if you learn how to quiet that mind and tune into that sensitivity, it can guide you to exactly where you need to be, when you need to be there without you even doing anything. Like it just happens on its own. Mm -hmm. So that's what was happening for me at that time. Me not realizing it, my mind still being very turbulent, um, And I got to the place where I saw a overflowing trash can on a subway platform and I was like I am that overflowing trash can and it did not feel good I did not want to be filled with all this trash anymore so I decided you know what I'm gonna drop everything fine this is this again is clearly not working um so I dropped it even though I didn't know what I was gonna do and suddenly there was this freedom in being like you know what I'm just I'm just gonna go to where it feels better and see what happens so I ended up in Mexico on this they said it was a farm like it was supposed to be like a woofing experience it yeah. ended up being this wonderful man's pet project of building a sustainable lifestyle yeah
0: yeah, in the middle
1: of Mexico <laughs> um and that was lovely
0: and you away so that's good right yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. um and I was building cob houses and doing yoga. And I suddenly, I started to experience these things. Oh, the reason, I'm sorry. The reason that I'd mentioned mother Maya before mm-hmm. is because when I went to meet her in the room I felt these waves of energy coming off of her in a way that I had never experienced before. And, and I'm sure that some people experienced that in the presence of Amma, who I was also met that month but it was it was profound. And I was like, okay, there's something here when I was in Mexico, it, it just, I, again, was feeling guided by something that was outside of my mind. And I was able to like hold yoga poses in a way that I was never able to hold them before. Like something was holding me instead of me holding the yoga pose, especially this, this experience that I'm referring to is in Ardha Chandrasana, the half moon pose. If anybody practices yoga, that's why I'm doing this Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I I have horrible balance. um, And that it said I was there for like five minutes I mean without like what is that what is that so I ended up without again realizing it going on a journey of trying to figure out what that is and this um after Mexico I ended up in Portland visiting a friend in Portland somehow told me like the whole time she was trying to convince me to move here and the whole time I'm like you're not allowed to try to convince me to move here. I don't want to move here and I'm sitting in a Mexican restaurant and something inside me clicks and I'm like okay I got to move here. I I don't know. So I'm following that again. And I got a free acupuncture treatment and I don't even, it wasn't even that great of a treatment. Honestly, like I don't love needles. It didn't feel like this profound shift, but something inside me was like, you know what, you need to go study acupuncture. So I was like, okay, so that's, that's where I'm going now. And there were two schools to school uh, to choose from in Portland. So I chose one of them that um, somebody had told me when I asked a a student at another school on the East coast, which one she would choose, she said that she would choose the one that I went to because it has more of a esoteric internal focus, which she would be interested in. And I was like, okay, I guess that's the one that I'm gonna do too. Um, And then the esoteric internal focus there was that we had to do three years of weekly Qigong classes, which for anybody who doesn't know is basically Chinese yoga. Um, which is uh, exercises that help you move life force energy through your body Um, and then we had to do one year of tai chi which is a form of qigong most people have seen the old people in the park doing the movements that's tai chi that's a form of qigong um i was so resistant the whole time. And PS, another little hint to anybody listening, the things that you are most resistant to that don't actually harm you are usually the things that you need to lean into because they're the greatest gifts. There's a reason that you're so resistant and it's because your ego doesn't want to change and it will change you. Don't be scared. It's going to change you for the better. So I, I was like, I hate this. Why do I have to do this? I'm a Yogi. I don't want to, I've got my practice already. No, there were the, these moments of incredible release that changed me forever. Um, it, I felt energy moving through my body and emotions releasing in ways where I felt out of control and I did not like feeling out of control. But the clarity that came after that storm cannot be denied. So I studied Chinese medicine for five years. Then the year after I graduated, I had my first baby. Two and a half years later, I had my second baby. All the while, I'm trying to be a full-time stay-at-home mom to a certain extent, even though I never wanted to be one, and start my own practice at the same time. There was a lot of stress and conflict and mental chatter that came with that, especially with the limited internal resources that motherhood has to offer you. And again, all that resistance ended up being a crucible of growth and incredible transformation. And so here I am now, I, at this moment, do not have a clinic practice, partially because of COVID, but I was kind of leaning in that direction anyway, because people would come to me for back pain or headaches. And I wanted to teach them how to live a good life. And um, I wanted to make sure that the people who come to me are ready to do the work to learn how to do that. And so now my practice is looking more like one-on-one coaching online and um I'm starting a membership site that of course is taking longer to build than I want it to because I've got two babies at home at my heels all the time and when do you find a quiet moment I mean I had to send them outside to the garden just now with a lot of reluctance so that we could do this interview <laughs> they get in the way of the thing okay?
0: that- <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're with their dad <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I think I will be starting one-on-one practice again, probably next year, um, awesome. in, in perp- in per, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but for right now, it's, it's looking more like an online practice and a, uh, a guided, a guided journey. I, the word coaching has connotations that don't quite fit, but it might be the best word that's available. Um a guided journey to relieve stress and anxiety. So that was a really long. No, it's
0: good. I'm glad (laughs) you shared it with us. I think, I think it's in, you know, in the entrepreneur world and the wellness world, I think we talk so much about our story, but I think there's a lot of people who are maybe not in those those worlds in that real way who kind of need to know that we want to hear the whole story. Like, you're, you're like, I'm stressed because this child is driving me bonkers. Like, that's not your whole story. You're not just, you know, you're not just mom, even though you may feel that way. And I think part of what I wanna help instill in people is like, we want to hear the story. We want to know the background. And really you kind of have to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to, to hash out what's going to be effective for you yeah. to go back in time and kind of clear out whatever you can energetically, but whatever yeah. healing you can do. Um, and, you know, it's tricky, of course, I, I'm not a mom, I'm an aunt, which is kind of funny, because mm-hmm. I think this space, people are like, well, what, what do you You can't tell me what to do? But mm-hmm. I've always felt like impacting children is where the root of like preventative wellness comes mm-hmm. from. And so many of us are we, we didn't know how to have those conversations when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, never mind our parents' generation, right? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I kept going back to like, impact children, impact children, like, what can I do? Especially as the auntie who does have extra time, who does mm-hmm. have all the resources, how can I be a support system, you know? And then I kept going back to like, well, but we can impact the kid, but moms have to make the choice and they have to be engaged and involved. So really, it goes more to mom than anything, you know? And and that I think we have to show moms that it's safe to share their story and that like it's a process, you know? Because yeah, there's yeah. no one size fits all. I mean, yeah. I so I'm an herbalist also. And mm. you know, in that that regard, it's funny. I remember being in herb school and thinking, you know, naively, like, oh, I have all these solutions, like. I'm going to be fine, <laughs> and it's just like anything. It's not a magic, you know, bullet pill. It's a process, yeah. And it's just all of us being more in tune with our own process and each other's. So I'm glad you shared. I'm glad you shared the entire story. I think it helps <laughs> it helps you know allow that for other people.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. And thank you so much for providing that space because, um, especially for mothers, a lot of the focus is always on how to be the good parent. And what does your child need? And um, there are some, I won't name any names, but there are some incredible parenting helpers, uh, guides out there that I, I don't like many of them, but even the ones that I do like, most of the time, it's all about the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's all about what can you do for the children. Yeah. And you cannot do that mm-hmm. without causing stress for yourself. Um, and that means that you will not be able to do what you want to do if you're not taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like, how do I even have the time to take care of myself? And we'll get into that in in a little bit further. Um, but it's, it's incredibly important. If you want to be the parent that you want to be, if you want to be the person that you want to be, you have got to prioritize your own well being, number one, and do not feel bad about it because by prioritizing your own well-being you are a caring person. You you love and you want to love and you want to care. So don't be afraid that by prioritizing your own well-being you're not going to do that because you are. You're going to be able to do it better. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to stop wanting to do that. That is who you are. Mm-hmm. And so many people are afraid, okay, well if I make myself a priority, how am I going to how am I going to take care of my kids? How am I like? They're going to think I'm selfish. No, you're never selfish. the The person who you are is not a selfish person. No matter what beliefs you might have come up with in growing up and developing that say that you are, you're not. The whole reason that you're resisting that notion is because that's not who you are. You are a loving person.
0: Well, and more and more, you know when it's. Uh... I sometimes this form can be kind of funky because I'm all about a lot of the non traditional or, or I guess traditional, but I would think it was traditional. Yeah, actually um, traditional, <laughs> <and> right. <then laughs> modern medicine, you know, so like.
1: Unconventional.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, so I'm in a therapist, uh, physical therapist assistant, and an occupational therapy assistant, but yeah. then I'm an herbalist. So, and like those worlds don't necessarily jive. And I find a lot of times, um, you know, just the resources that I use are kind of one versus the other. And so marrying them can be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really important that we use, you know, use both of them and, and teach how to have a scientific approach and to use it, but then to figure out how to morph it for yourself and what works mm-hmm. best. And so one of the things that I've, um, you know, I'm really trying to help educate people on is that your children sense stress in you and therefore they embody it. And Mm -hmm. so much of the like worry about if your child will be okay, really is coming from the models. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's an interesting and and it can be very dynamic thing, but on on kind of a surface level, they're gonna feed off of you Mm -hmm. in whether, you know, whichever way you decide to help them feed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about how you felt like you weren't worthy of having those big feelings as a kid. And I was a wound kid, anxious, didn't really know it either, you know, Mm -hmm. until later in life, you're like, oh, oh my gosh, that's why I was having stomach aches all the time, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I really think that for a lot of people, you're, you can do the absolute best. You can be um, the uh, most amazing parent in the world. And guess what? Sometimes your kid's going to get sick. Sometimes your kid may have mental health issues. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you could think you're doing everything 100% right. Mm-hmm. And that's where so much of our stress comes from is mm-hmm. trying to be perfect. Like yeah. you were saying, the control. And yet yeah. if we could let go of that and all of a sudden the likelihood of those things happen, happening goes down then like gee catch 22 here <laughs> like mm-hmm. let's let's shift gears so it's mm-hmm. it's interesting but it's it's I think it's like I said kind of my job as a, a supporter to help teach people that like that is not only something that feels selfish for or selfish for a lot of people but really is like the most selfish I can't talk selfless, <laughs> selfless yeah. thing that you could yeah. do yeah so yeah it's wild. It's interesting. But yeah. it's scientifically we are seeing that more, which I think is yeah. Yeah. is nice to be able to back up, even though a lot of non-traditional, you know, practitioners are well aware. So yeah. it's it's yeah. interesting to teach and and to teach it in a way where it's invited.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always try to to find different ways of communicating ultimately the truth is the truth. And then there's lots of different ways that you can talk about it. Yes. Um, and you can talk about it from a neurological standpoint. You can talk about it from a spiritual standpoint. And it all actually says the same thing if you know how to listen. Totally. Um, something else that I wanted to, to respond to what you just said is that um, a lot of the time when challenges appear, uh, one of the misunderstandings when people start to have this perspective is that okay so the challenge appeared as a reflection of me so that means there's something wrong with me and then they do the same thing that they've always done which is feel guilty and shut it down and try try to fix what's wrong within themselves so that they can try to fix what's going on outside if that happens and it will happen it happened to me just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um my i'll just i'll just the example because that probably teaches better um my four and a half year old was going through a very violent phase like just hitting and and throwing and hurt it trying to hurt other people not because he wanted to not because he's bad but because his anger would take over and that's how it wanted to express itself and i thought this was so bad and so wrong and so i would at first try to to control his behavior. Um, I tried to hold space for it, but trying to hold like physically hold him, he's very strong. So that physical holding that is often recommended ended up putting stress into my body that I wasn't, I didn't have the opportunity to discharge. So then I was responding to him in a stressed out way. And this all came to a culmination after a few weeks of me just loose. I lost it. I totally lost it. And I felt so bad afterwards. I was like, I'm a horrible mother. For losing control over my emotions and making him feel so bad, but that actually was an incredibly important moment because it allowed me to see the situation and soften within myself and say, you know what, that is what it is. And me feeling bad about it is adding stress to the situation, which will perpetuate the situation. So we try to fix by by feeling bad about it by feeling guilty we think that those emotions are going to come and and fix it but that's not how you fix you fix by softening into it and saying okay it is what it is and actually there's a gift in here and where's the gift the gift is now i know how to soften actually and 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 hold I learned, I thought I knew how to hold the space and theoretically I did, but I didn't know how to hold the space until after that moment happened. So it had to happen for me to learn how to hold the space for him. And we have not had this issue for the last two weeks because I was softer with myself Mm -hmm. and I forgave myself for having a reaction that was trained into me from an early age that I had no control over at the time. But by bringing that into conscious awareness, I now was able to deal with it. And sometimes we have to have these difficult things come up and they come up in life. Life is a, is a, a playground that brings these challenges up so that we can look at them and we can heal from them. Mm-hmm. But you have to let them come up and you have to look at them so, and then forgive yourself and be gentle with yourself so that it can heal. By looking at it and thinking that you need to fix it, it's not gonna heal. You're just gonna keep pressing against it and it's gonna keep pressing against you. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. In physics, we know this, it's the same for emotions. So the more you press against it, the more it presses, the more the pressure builds, the more the issue will perpetuate. It can only transform once you soften. Yeah,
0: yeah, lean in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So much
1: easier said than done.
0: Totally.
1: totally. (laughs) Also, so forgive yourself (laughs) if you're listening to
0: this. Yeah,
1: (laughs) no, exactly. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you're like, "Yes, but how?" (laughs) Don't worry, that's okay too. And in this moment, allow yourself to say, "It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay that it's happening." How can I just let go of resisting it? Mm -hmm. And that's enough. That's enough. That's a huge step. Once you're okay with not being okay, that's when the healing starts. It doesn't start until that moment. That's mm-hmm. huge. People don't give that moment enough credit. It's huge. It's everything. It's the, it's the soil in which the plants can grow.
0: It's And I will say that what I found is when it comes to depressive tendencies, I know for myself, having you know that experience of hitting mm-hmm. that low is it's your make or break point for so many yeah. folks who either really need something life-altering to occur to decide to shift gears mm-hmm. or say f it mm-hmm. <laughs> and just make a very conscious decision um that you've got kind of you feel as though you've got nothing to lose whether or not you mm-hmm. truly do mm-hmm. and to to commit to something different and yeah. i know for myself that's kind of what it took was just being yeah. in a place where like i don't know how to feel this way anymore Okay, well then I guess we have to start somewhere new, you know. Yeah. But again, easier said than done.
1: <laughs> but if you can easier said than done, but mm-hmm. if you start to observe what's happening, even when it's good, mm-hmm. um good, bad, whatever it is. If you start to separate yourself from that and start to say, "Okay, I'm seeing this happen." So instead of saying, "I am happy," I am observing happy the experience of happiness flowing through this this body. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying I am sad, I am angry, okay, I'm witnessing that these feelings are arising, not mm-hmm. even in me, but in this body. Mm-hmm. And that sounds crazy. Like it sounds like, what are you what do you mean? Like of course I'm of course of course I'm this, mm-hmm. but there's an awareness in you that is beyond that. Mm-hmm. And if you can remember, and you will you the more you practice this, the easier it becomes to tune into that awareness. Then you notice, okay, well, all of these emotions—they're just actually passing through me. All these experiences—they come and go. Nothing is stable except for my awareness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pema Chodron has a beautiful quote of, uh, "You are the sky; everything else is the weather." Mm-hmm. And the same is for for any of these experiences in parenting or in all of life. It's all—it's all the same, same, same. Yeah. Um, and if you can separate yourself from that, that's—that's that's a huge. That's. That's everything. That's the biggest step.
0: Yeah, yeah. So beautiful and so true. <laughs> so tell me, okay. So getting back onto our stress yeah. <laughs> about, of course. But um, you know, I want to give some nuggets. So yeah, yes. One of the what a well. When it comes to your, your clients who come to you for stress and anxiety, do you tend to see stress more, anxiety more together? Can they operate independent of each other? love to. they tend when, to be pretty hand in hand?
1: Yeah, you wrote me this question ahead of time, and I jumped a little bit for joy when I saw it. It was just <laughs> such, a, such a gorgeous question. Anxiety is a response to stress. You cannot have anxiety if you don't have stress.
0: Even if it, you don't have, you know, physical stress, your body is stressed.
1: Yeah, yeah. there is something in you that is stressed that is mm-hmm. causing anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it, it again, it comes down to lack of flow. There's a saying, and I'm just going to throw a bunch of sayings at. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> There's cool. a saying. I in like Candace,
1: it. Are like typing away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, write these down. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> there is flow, there is no pain. Where there is pain, there is no flow. And this is both emotional and physical pain. PS, if you ever go to Chinese medicine, the emotion to a Chinese medicine practitioner, the emotions and the physical body are one and the same. And you can think about this in your own experience because where do you feel emotions? Mm -hmm. You feel them in your body, right? You're you're interpreting them with your mind, but the feeling is a very uncomfortable or exciting or whatever feeling. It's a sensation in your body. And so that's where the healing. Can really begin is by noticing. Okay, this is just a feeling in my body, and I can allow it to move.
0: Yeah. So one of the programs that I'm starting to work on um, is utilizing sensory stimu- stimuli mm. to help help self regulate. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the therapeutic use of that in OT would be to you know come up with either a sensory diet or tools um, to determine whether you're hypo or hyper active. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are you really responsive or under-responsive to mm-hmm. different stimuli? Interesting. And yeah, it's, it's a different approach. And it's funny because I think that it's a nice place for, uh, it's a nice complement with the thought, in my, my opinion, being that you're helping manage your stress and anxiety, especially along the way of learning how to change your experience with mm-hmm. it from internal mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. outside in with the supporting of management with the idea that hopefully you're willing to do some of the inside out work to help manage more long-term you know mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. um but yeah it's really interesting how how perception is everything um yeah And whether or not it's kind of that surface level of what we think of as you know your viewing Mm -hmm. (laughs) versus your true awareness, like you speak of. Yeah. Very. Well, the um,
1: awareness is always there. It's just how is it how how you being seen. What 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 is the perception that is coming up, Mm -hmm. and the senses that that was one of my first. I was very resistant to meditation for a really long time. I was like, that sounds awful. Why would I want to sit?
0: and do nothing like, you take a nap i'm in <laughs> yeah,
1: no and then like when i tried i was like i can't do this my, my mind is going to th- you're supposed to think about nothing what is that no my yes. mind is going yes. a million places an hour no 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 that's mm-hmm. not for me um so it wasn't for it wasn't for me for a while but the way that i started to so the whole, the whole point of meditation actually is to bring that state into everyday life. Mm-hmm. And you can, there's two places that you can start with the, one type of person really likes to sit and they're like, they try it. And then they're like, Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> like everything is peaceful now and I can do And that's great. That was not me <laughs> for me. The way to start was bringing it into my everyday life and, um, mindfulness is one word for it present awareness is another word for it and coming into your senses is the way that John Kabat-Zinn puts it and since you brought up senses that is just such a great way to sh- to shut your mind not shut your mind off but quiet yeah. quiet yeah. the thoughts in your mind and come into the present moment and so um you had a question and this is my answer to one of your questions that you wrote to me but I'm just going to give the answer right That's now cool. <laughs> <laughs> um anytime you're doing now, you can you can turn everyday everyday occurrences into rituals mm-hmm. and allow that to be a space of present awareness for you. And this is how you're going to practice um, stepping back from your emotions so that you can see them instead of being them. Mm -hmm. And it takes time for those neural connections to build. So every time you practice something, there's neurons in your brain that then come and make a connection. So like one neuron talks to another neuron and it sends a signal and it, it creates a connection. And every time you do that, your, your brain's really lazy. It doesn't want to have to work very hard. And so it's going to make these connections and eventually it'll stabilize in that connection because it doesn't want to have to keep on moving over i mean that's a lot of work to have to okay i was over here and i have to move over here to make that that message go over there okay this message is going a lot so i'm going to stay there so you practice Mm -hmm. this present awareness and it brings you're going to start to find that it happens on its own eventually. But at first it does take a little bit of effort. And so I recommend that people start by setting up situations in which they intentionally bring themselves into their senses and into the present moment. And my, one of my favorites is doing dishes. So you're standing there and you notice, okay, well, the water feels warm mm-hmm. and the soap smells like lemon or whatever, whatever soap you like to have. <laughs> I've got this lemon mint soap right now that I think is just lovely. <laughs> Um, so the soap smells like lemon. and um, I still have a little bit of the taste of dinner in my mouth. And um, mm, I'm hearing I'm hearing the birds chirp, and my kids are in the bathtub with with my partner right now. So I hear them playing in the background. I know, oh, the the dish feels smooth. And now my mind is going to the to-do list of like, oh, well, you we have all these dishes to do and, and oh, they're never going to stop. Like the dishes never end and laundry never ends. And now i got to go do the laundry after this too. Oh my God. How am I going to do this before bed? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. The soap smells yeah. really nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And totally. so setting up these times where you intentionally practice being present and coming into your senses is one of the best ways to do that because mm-hmm. then you have something to focus on the more you do that, the easier it becomes. And eventually you will find this happened to me recently. And it was such a delight where I was not intentionally going to be present doing the dishes. And by starting to do the dishes, I became present because those neurons were like, oh, this is, you know, it's like if you've studied psychology, Pavlov's dogs, they hear the bell, their mouth starts to salivate because they think they're about to get fed. So you start doing the dishes and boom, here I am. Okay. My to-do list is out the window. I don't need to worry about that right now. And you start to observe things and and the more, from that point you're, so you're starting to observe your senses, then you start to observe your thoughts. Oh, here comes the thoughts. And oh, I'm starting to notice these feelings come in. And then the more you're able to separate your awareness from that experience, the more you're able to let those experiences go so that you can just be the peaceful center within you. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And, And that was actually for me also was, Every time I tried to meditate, I'd fall asleep. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yes. either I'm yes. bound or, or I'm yeah. like, asleep. and I needed to have some of those little pieces. I was like, ooh, this, you know, lavender eye pillow during meditation. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of nice. I might yeah. actually hang out for this, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, so for me, it was the same way. You had to have some buildup to make you return to the practice, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to enjoy it. Yes. So, repetition like you're saying about the neural connections is so important In you know i see this in gross motor with like working with stroke patients Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. need to do the same thing every single time so you're teaching somebody to transfer from the bed to the wheelchair you need to do it the same time every single time because Mm -hmm. we've got neuroplasticity hopefully working on our side Mm -hmm. but if you change one little thing it it puts a little hiccup in kind mm-hmm. of that connecting mm-hmm. and for, you know, I, the redundancy and the repetition is so big, but mm-hmm. ha, you're not going to have that. You're not going to bring yourself back to it unless you make it enjoyable enough yeah. to desire or you may, yeah, but it's not necessarily going to stick, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, that is, such I think that's a good the point. best way to use sensory stuff is just yeah. simply to, to help you show up.
1: yeah Yeah. and to notice that you can have a a good time in this moment no matter what moment it's in your kids could be fighting on the couch and you've got and the radio is still on and it's been too loud and there's a dog barking outside and oh wait but I'm still here and the light is still pretty yeah yeah and that 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 feels good Mm -hmm. um and and prioritize that's where the prioritizing your own well-being comes in again because if you prioritize you feeling good then you're able to show up as the person that you want to be if you allow yourself allow yourself that's not really because it happens without you wanting it to but if, if you get distracted by all the things and and don't prioritize your own well-being before all else, then you're going to show up as that resistant, stressed out person who thinks that things need to be other than what they are. And therefore you're going to try to force your way in. You're going to yell at your kids. You're going to act in all these ways that you do not want to act. And it's okay. It's okay that that happens because that's just another opportunity to then be like, Oh, there it was. oop. oop okay. Break it down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I, the efficiency is the other piece that I really mm. think is important especially for moms who feel like there's no way, how am I going to add something else to my time? And so uh, yeah. you know, killing two birds with one stone by weaving it in so that the experience is a, a positive one, even if they're just little fragments of you know, time. And, um, and there's
1: some of- people th- I just, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you here because there's some people who say to mothers, going grocery shopping is not self-care. A shower is not self-care. I call BS on that. No, any moment can be self-care if you choose it to be any moment. And in fact, it's better if it is. Yeah,
0: well, and self-care to me is treating yourself well. You know, it doesn't have to be an extravagant thing, though it's lovely to have those pieces. But if we're trying to weave together moments of enjoyment in life, not just the grandiose and then the kind of mundane, then any moment of enjoyment is kind of, what I think of as being like, okay, be kind to yourself. Like that's, that's all yeah. it takes, you know, not yeah. all it takes, but all it takes for me to kind of say that that's a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> and Part yeah. of what I, my, so I'm I've made these sustainable baby boxes and the idea being that what I create is safe for your baby, but it's also mom friendly. So mm. you can kind of like do what you need to do and then steal some for yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think yeah. that it's so important that you just don't forget yourself yeah. um, and not feel guilty about it. You know, yeah. that's the other end of it, which, which is kind of tricky, of course, but important is yeah. to, to own it and be okay yeah. with it. And I yeah. think the more that we, whether we're fellow moms or you know, aunts or friends or whomever, mm-hmm kind of invite that and, and encourage that the more it will be uh, welcomed to to really enjoy yourself and be not feel bad about that, you know, or guilty. So definitely
1: talk to your friends about this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And And I'm always just going to reiterate that, like you taking care of yourself improves the quality of your children's lives and really gives them a foundation that uh, frankly we didn't have because yeah. it was not the way that we were raised and I say we collectively but I yeah. think as a generation you know yeah yeah um, so yeah well
1: just especially in the early days if if you're in in early motherhood the first two years two two to four years before the kids are in school um it can be really hard to to figure out like okay but there is like I don't I can't when 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 when
0: if you're too tired now, awful. (laughs) yeah,
1: now it doesn't have to be something that you do. It's about what you are and how you, how you approach it and how you, how you are in it. So, so use this, this very moment as an opportunity. You don't have to be doing anything special to find joy in this moment. You can, you can be tying a shoelace and just enjoy the feeling of the shoelace. Even that is enough. And yeah. it's huge, actually, it's huge because then you're not constantly looking to the next. And if you're yeah. constantly, if your mind is in the future, you're worrying about it because you can't control it because it's not here, which then leads to anxiety. You're worrying about the past. You've got guilt. And um, maybe some people say depression lives in the past because you're, you're just replaying the things that didn't, that should have been, should have been a different way. No, right here, right now, this is it. You don't have to do anything. Just be here and you've got it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So I have to ask when it comes to your clients, do you, yeah. tend? To, are there any, I mean, of course there are bound to be similarities in most people <laughs> um, <laughs> or tendencies, but are there any kind of main things that you tend to recommend that you really feel like just hit everybody where they, they need a dose of something? <laughs>
1: um, the, the thing that I recommend to yeah, everybody. That
0: you tend to recommend to everybody.
1: This present awareness. Yeah. That's, that's the core of everything you can, anything else you do springs from that because without being here, you're not here. So you're not doing, so so, uh, find a way to enjoy, enjoy, or even if you can't enjoy, sometimes that's a lot of pressure because you feel so stressed out and you're like, how am I supposed to enjoy? Like, I feel awful. I feel like I've got this stone in my stomach Well, (laughs) then just observe the stone in your stomach and be like, that's an experience that I'm having right now. It's not going to last forever. And here it is, but that's number, that's number one without that, nothing else.
0: Love it. Yeah, definitely.
1: But then we can also go into, you know, like shifting your diet to balance out your dosha (laughs) and, um, all of the things, but, but that's number one. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. (laughs) When you, and when you tend to have a client first come to you, Mm -hmm. do you tend to start with a certain practice to help bring them to their awareness or, do you kind of customize, personalize depending on where the person's at?
1: It's all custom. There's no such thing, as you said earlier, there's no such thing as one size fits all because you've got your personal constitution. So, um, from a traditional medicine standpoint, we are the interplay of multiple elements in the world. So, um, The traditions, they didn't have microscopes, so the elements were not carbon and hydrogen, they were fire and water and earth and um, some in some traditions, wind or, um, those, and and they all looked at it in slightly different lens because you interpret the world in a slightly different way, but ultimately they all said the same thing, which is like, if you have too much water, you, and there's an incredible amount of similarity between these, by the way, if you feel like dorking out and studying Ayurveda versus traditional Greek medicine versus traditional Chinese medicine, and I'm sure other traditions I haven't delved into, they all say the same thing, which is like, okay, well, if you have too much fire, it looks like this on a physical and an emotional plane. And there's so much overlap that it can't not be true. Like it's, it's just incredible. So you've got these elements playing inside of you. And we all have all of the elements inside of us, but they, they, they're in different amounts. Mm-hmm. And depending on what our internal environment is versus our external environment. So you might notice that you feel different. Like, you know, those people who love the hot summer sun and you know, those people who actually really want a cold, dry winter and really feel good in that. Um, There's people, we all have, the reason that they have those inclinations is because of the balance of the elements within them. And so if you are within a certain environment the environment is gonna play and it's gonna impact the balance of the elements within you. And then you've already got your natural balance of elements. So if you already have a lot of water and you end up in a really damp place, you're not gonna feel so good because you're gonna be overwhelmed by this water. Or if you uh, have a lot of fire inside of you and you end up in a really hot place, you're not gonna feel so good because you've already got all that fire and it's gonna be thrown off balance. So the key is to, and we can overthink this if we want to, we could go into, I mean, I teach, I'm planning, I teach this on a graduate level and I'm planning on making a course for for regular people on how to recognize these things inside of themselves and learn how to balance it. And you can think about it a lot, but ultimately it it does become an intuitive thing of like, okay, well, I feel this way when I eat ice cream and and I feel this way when I eat soup and what is actually, I don't even remember where
0: we started. So what do you mean you get present with your, awareness
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so so tuning into so uh, where you were asking like when i see somebody yep. what do, okay so what if you i do, do have
0: like a starting point or if you okay. really kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: so what i do as a clinician is i'm figuring out what what the balance of elements is within this person and how how they can keep themselves balanced within their environment and circumstance and and history and all of that for them though it would be from, it would be me educating them on what I see in them. And then it, just in us talking, that already starts to change things within the person. Um, but sometimes I will give specific homework. Like if I see somebody who uh, really has a lot. So for the anxiety person, for example, from a Chinese, uh, from an Ayurvedic standpoint, Indian Ayurvedic standpoint, that's a lot of air in the system that's causing all this like crazy thinking that Mm -hmm. won't shut down, right? Like if you imagine wind just blowing the leaves through your brain and it doesn't stop. And so you want to calm down that wind. So for that person, then I would recommend having a regular routine Having as much as possible when you've got a baby screaming at five, (laughs) five times in the night, it's almost impossible, but you do what you can. Like what, what, what kind of a routine can you set up for yourself to feel a little bit more grounded and stable? Because when you feel, start to feel more grounded and stable, your mind starts to feel that way too. Having regular meals,
0: micro routines, micro
1: routines, the tiny little things try to go to bed at the same time when you can. Um, Try to eat things that are easy to digest and fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love the convenience of freezer stuff, but if you could just, I, I mean like throwing together some, some rice and some um, lentils and some vegetables doesn't take that much time. It doesn't have to be a fancy thing, but just trying to be as nourishing to yourself as possible so that then the, the mind can calm down because once the body is a little bit calmer, the mind will calm down too. Um, that would be my recommendation for since our focus here is that people come to me though with all sorts of different things so it it depends on what's happening where you're at yeah yeah i'm doing a lot
0: of talking (laughs) No, good i appreciate i'm so excited to have have you and have your many different areas of expertise because like i said i think that it takes um exposure to a lot of different things to see what people are drawn to Mm. Um, because getting started is oftentimes the hardest part again if you feel exhausted and you know all of the symptoms of stress and anxiety yeah and to make people feel stuck and so finding kind of the one thing that really calls to you can be so paramount for yeah for people who just don't really know what to do about it or are yeah. feeling like i'm you know in despair that nothing's ever gonna change yeah so it's, it's nice to be able to provide that
1: it definitely um, will change and sometimes you want to be hands off and go to see a massage therapist or an acupuncturist or whatever that is, and that that's then your mm-hmm. moment of rebalancing, and that's good too.
0: Yeah. Do you? I'm just looking through some of these questions that I see Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just in talk, you know, communicating. Um. So what was I going to say? Let's see. Um. So, do you think that this is kind of a loaded question? But here we go my philosophical mind is like oh um do you think that you can ever truly heal your nervous system or do you think that it's part of management um absolutely I I mean well okay
1: that's an interesting way to put it because your nervous system is changing in every moment of every day so you you can heal it because it's always changing yeah it's not a static thing it's Mm -hmm it's responding to the environment. It's responding to your thoughts. It's responding to what you're focusing on, um, all the time. And it's, it's adjusting to where it can spend that least amount of energy (laughs) to create a pattern inside of you. So when you start to recognize a pattern that doesn't feel good, you can intentionally change it. Mm -hmm. You can put that intention there and you can, you might not watch it change, but you'll look back after you put that intention there and did some work and you'll be like, oh, okay, that changed. So like for me, I do not think that I have anxiety anymore. I might have moments where I experience worry, distress, um, guilt, all of those things, but I am not obsessed with the what ifs anymore because i've trained that out of my neurology it's no longer as easy for my my neural connections to go down that thought path Mm -hmm. um in the past like when i met my husband for example i had because i maybe because of the divorce maybe because of other unworthiness whatever fear, fear of the future. I had a whole lot of uh, relationship anxiety and I was ready to run. I was like this. I don't, I don't, why do I feel this way? If it's right, I wouldn't feel this way. If it's right, because you hear, oh, you just know, you'll just know, you'll just know it'll be fine. No, No, not if you've got anxiety, you don't know. That means abort mission all the time is your body is telling you to go run away, run away. Because what if that happens? What if that thing happens? And I wasn't even afraid of him hurting me. It was interesting the way my mind constructed is what if I hurt him? What if I find somebody better and I hurt him? So that was my thought that I was obsessed with. And it would just, like, that was the neural connection that was very strong because I kept on thinking it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Eventually I found that, that through demonstrating our commitment to each other and my commitment to him, it stopped being as big of a thought. And I started to replace it with other thoughts that worked better, that felt better. So yeah. you can heal in every moment. And it's, it's, it is a continual process because you're constantly changing the healing. The healing is just aligning yourself with the, the what is-ness of what is.
0: It's the tools to to yeah, I get what you're saying. It's the idea is that you're building the tools, and so parts of that are kind of healed, if you will, but they're always going to be morphed as far as how right. you address yeah
1: yeah. There can always there can always be a new stressor that if you choose to fixate on it, then will suddenly turn into anxiety again. Mm-hmm. But once you once you learn the tools to not once you recognize that happening, then you don't have to go down that road anymore. And so then it doesn't, then, then you could say that you have been healed because you now know how to switch gears and abort mission on that thought process rather than on that thing that's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But not to get too morbid, but this is one of when, when I felt my anxiety shift into acknowledging that my body was having experiences during anxiety. Mm. um, That were experiences that I was feeling were sensations, but that I was open. Okay. And kind of learning to trust that really what happened, you know, what changed that for me was acknowledging that my worrying was not changing the circumstances of that anxiety at all. You know, I was like this again, emotion coming through you. And yes, you still felt a certain way, which I think can be really tricky for people with anxiety is that. How do you not believe something? If your body is physically telling you that, Okay, I can't feel my hand right now <laughs> because yeah, yeah. you're you've got probably a pinched nerve because you're so tense or you know yeah. who knows. Um, but it's or your hard mind tells you you've got a blood
1: to... clot. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: you gotta love that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, heart attack maybe. Yeah, those. Yeah. Are fun. Oh yeah, those. <laughs> those yeah. are really good because your body's like.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we go into panic attack region. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and which so... P.S.
1: If you so just really quick, if you yeah. if you feel like you are prone to panic attacks, eat something, please because a yeah. lot of the time actually it it is just hunger mm-hmm. um, so our basic needs often are not being met and we think that it's something else and it's actually just a basic need for mothers it can often be lack of sleep
0: mm-hmm.
1: also totally. so take a nap
0: Dehydration, hydration hydration yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah yeah that's very insightful i mean <laughs> it makes sense but i wouldn't you know i wouldn't necessarily think that yeah but of course, if you're in your head and this yeah. is you're spinning, then hello, yeah. you haven't taken, you know, done some of those grounding yeah. things. Yeah. It's a good tip.
1: I'm sorry I interrupted Garfing you, but that one all. was an important <laughs> one to get in
0: there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much. I don't know if yeah. I have any big questions for you. That was very helpful.
1: Now I can keep talking forever. I love. Yeah, it's all, it's
0: all good. I appreciate it. I think people need, like I said, exposure. Lots of different things. Figuring out what yeah. little tidbits, because sometimes all it takes is is even just that. Like, oh, I could eat something. It's yeah. such, you know, these those tiny little nuggets of information, and yeah. really, I think can be your aha moments that can impact. And kind of start the ripple ripple effect of change. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. By prioritizing your That's own well being, you're prioritizing those basic needs. You're making sure that you're getting the sleep is is like for mothers, don't like let the laundry be unfolded. Just just if you need to go to sleep, go to sleep. Make sure that you're in bed for more much. Like most people need to be in bed for eight and a half hours. They think that they need less sleep, but actually eight and a half hours is what sleep scientists have shown. Unless you are enlightened and you're on this spiritual path where you don't no longer have those emotional uh, baggages that make you tired, you need that sleep. And as, an, as a mother, you need that sleep and you need more than eight and a half hours because you are getting woken up in the night if you are like me. Um, some mothers I've heard of those miraculous children where they get like, got six weeks, they start <laughs> sleeping through the night. And I'm like, they're like, finally, the child is sleeping through. I'm like at six weeks, you, you don't know how lucky you are. Um, it's incredibly important to get enough sleep and to move your body a little bit, get outside, get outside, be in nature, get those very basic needs met. And that is going to make a tremendous difference on your thought patterns. I mean, your mind thinks that you will think about things and solve the problems by thinking about them, but actually it's by, by just taking care of yourself that that's going to solve
0: itself. Awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I, so, oh, the only other thing I was going to say is so right now I know you're mostly online. I don't know if you're booked or what, but how can we support you if we're going to send this community away?
1: Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, I would recommend most of all, go get my free stuff. I've got a whole lot of free resources on my website. One of my favorites is called the bliss kit, which has four practices that will help you rewire your neurology for less stress and anxiety. Um, It's a bit of what we talked about here, but a bit more um, in-depth explanation and how to, Um, I also have a freebie with 15 herbs for different symptoms of anxiety because anxiety even, even anxiety looks different for everybody. Some people it's a stomach ache, some people it's a headache, some people it's insomnia, some, it's all of that. So um, you can read this guide and it'll tell you when to take, when not to take, which ones are safe in what situations. So you don't need to worry about um, what if I have this. If you wanna to talk to your doctor about it, go for it. They may not know about herbs. You might wanna to talk to an herbalist. <laughs> um, but that, that is a really good guide and um, it has most of the contraindications in there. So you don't need to worry about, um, you'll know which, which herbs are safe for everybody to take. And they're extremely powerful. So something like, um, passion flower, for example, you can give it to a baby and it is one of the most powerful herbs for, uh, anxiety that leads to insomnia. So things like that, um, are on that guide. I've got a bunch more. I, I have a, a habit of making free guides. I just love giving this information. <laughs> so go to that website. Um I also have this membership site coming out called the Feed Your Soul Society, which will, if you are ready to start putting these things into practice and start uh integrating these habits into your life so that you have less stress and anxiety, then I highly recommend you join me there. Um, it's almost ready. Almost ready. Just come. more months and it will be ready to go um and we'll have monthly coaching calls there you can be in touch with me with things that come up um and it will help you even if you're somebody who feels like you can't you can't implement habits like you make new year's resolutions and you always break them if that's you that's okay because these are these micro tiny little steps of integrating this stuff into your life so that you can actually start to do it um and it's all about prioritizing feeling good so that you can be who you want to be. You want, you want to be happy and you want to be loving and you want to be present. You want to, you want to be all those things. And this is going to help you do that. So if that sounds good to you, then please, please stick around for that because I would love to have you there. And then the final thing is meet me on Instagram because I give away like so much free content there. So if, if you're interested in getting a daily, well, sometimes it's daily. Sometimes I, I take breaks, but um, right now it's daily dose. Uh, some of this goodness. Then and join awesome. me there.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Have an amazing rest of your day.
1: Thank you so much for this. Well, I yes, love I'm talking so to nice. you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll definitely be in touch. I'll keep sending people your way and picking your brain. <laughs> I love that.
1: I'm happy to talk to you anytime. Cool. Well, sounds
0: good. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Okay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, there you go, guys. Stress. It's no good. Now, hopefully some of you can use some of this information to begin your own little practice and bring pleasure into those little moments. Thank you so much to Katerina for her insightful and helpful talk today. I will link her account below. And until next time, enjoy your day. Okay. See ya.